Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. Good morning, TGP NYC, and happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. I'm glad to be with my mom. I wish I could be with my mom, but she is in Kansas City. But happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you and miss you. And although I can't be with my mom, I'm, I am sitting here with two wonderful moms, my wife and my mother-in-law. And we're going to be talking about Mother's Day quarantine style. Yep. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. You know, look, for all that's going on in the world and, and just kind of all the negative things that are happening with the coronavirus, the one thing that I can be grateful for is that I get to spend time with my mother, yes. and especially during this time. I don't know when the yeah. last time I got to spend Mother's Day with you was. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful. Yeah. Grateful to, to And, and there's that. a lot of families out there where um, the husband would not uh, enjoy time with uh, <laughs> their mother-in-law, especially extended time quarantine, but I've had a wonderful time. I've always gotten along well with my mother-in-law and love her very much, so it's uh, an honor to be here with her. And my wife uh, talking all things mothers today and on this Mother's shout Day. shout out to my mom's beautiful like, spread. Oh my table. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, um, one of my favorite stories uh, on motherhood in all of the Bible is the story of Hannah yeah. and Samuel found in 1 Samuel chapter number one. And we've been kind of reading through that chapter in preparation for this all week long. And so... What I want us to do is just kind of uh, share one thing that we got out of that story. And I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in and start. Uh, as I was reading through that story this week, the thing that really jumped out to me about Hannah was her perseverance when it yeah. came yeah. to prayer. Uh, 1 Samuel uh, 1 chapter 12 says this, Now it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. And just to give you a little bit of a backstory. Back then, it was acceptable to have multiple wives, and so Hannah's husband had two wives, and one of the wives, that the one that was not Hannah, she was able to give birth and had uh, several children while Hannah was barren, and this yeah. really uh, was a difficult thing for Hannah to, to go through because during those times, uh, being a mother was, and it still is now, it was intertwined with your identity. And so when you could not have children it kind of symbolized God's lack of blessing on your life. And when you could have children, it was a symbol of God's blessing on your life. And so right. this was really difficult for Hannah. And in addition to that, that other wife uh, really took advantage of her barrenness and she yes. taunted her, she provoked her, she yeah. made fun of her. She, she just hung it over Hannah that Hannah couldn't have children and she could. And I don't know about you, but I it's just so it's just so heartbreaking to be teased and taunted yeah. and provoked about something you can't control. Right. And I just think of my own life, um, all through my life, uh, from the moment I started school and even into my adulthood, uh, I've been teased and made fun of uh, about my ethnicity and my skin color. I've been called all sorts of racist names. And most of the time, it's by people that you know, love me and that are doing yeah. it in jest and joking, but it still hurts. It right. still stings. Even if they say, you know, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to talk to you like this if I didn't love you and like right. you. Right. Even though they say that, 
you know, it still hurts. Right. And I say so, it because we're friends, or like you have a permission yeah. to say it because yeah. somehow there's a relationship, so then you can. Yeah, and, I, and I laugh it off and, and all of that, but th- there's times where it stings and it hurts. And so right. uh, Hannah was being taunted and provoked and being harassed because of something she had no control right. over. And so that was really heartbreaking. But the amazing thing about that is that even though she was living in that pain and she was reminded every day by the other wife of her lack, she continued to persevere and prayed Mm -hmm. for a child of her own. And, uh, you know, I think of my own mom here uh, when it comes to persevering Mm -hmm. uh, and and just not giving up. Uh, I remember during my rebellious years uh, as as a teenager that uh, my mom never stopped praying yeah. for me. There would, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, you know, in our house, we had uh, uh, upstairs area and then a basement. My room was in the basement and I had a window in my room. And so uh, many times uh, during my teenage years, I would sneak out of the house after my uh, parents went to sleep. But my mom, that mother's intuition, she yeah. would intuitively wake up. Uh, she knew I was not there and she couldn't sleep until I came back home. So she took that time to pray for me. She prayed that I would come back to the Lord. She prayed that God would protect me because I know I was into all sorts of uh, nonsense. Not just come back home, but come back to God. Come back to God. She she was interceding on my behalf to come back to the Lord, to come to my senses like the prodigal son. And she never gave up. And so there would be, you know, I was partying all night long, you know, drinking, doing drugs, doing things that I shouldn't. And even in my own, you know, in other areas of my life, I was getting suspended from school. My life was a complete and utter mess. Mm -hmm. But my mom constantly, constantly, constantly persevered and prayed for me. And I believe that I am with the Lord today and I'm in ministry and I am completely sold out to Jesus because my mom persevered in her prayer. Uh, and so mom, thank you for that. And thank uh, you for that. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it's made the world of yeah. difference. And even in this story, Hannah just would not give up praying for a child. In fact, that verse I read said she continued yeah. praying despite the taunting, despite the provoking, despite the, the pain of, of, you know, just hearing no after no, right. after no, after no, she continued to persevere yeah. and pray. And so she wouldn't allow the taunting of the, the other wife or her own barrenness year after year after year to, to keep her from continuing yeah. to persevere in prayer. And so 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without yes. ceasing. Amen. Those of you listening right now, if there's something yeah. that uh, you believe God has for you, but you haven't seen it yet, I want to encourage you, pray without ceasing persevere in your prayer. Even if other people are taunting you about it, even if other people are teasing you about it, or maybe it's not uh, overt teasing, but you're you're believing for something and you see on Instagram or social media, other people have what you want and it feels like yeah. an inner provoking in yeah. your own heart. Yeah. I want you to continue to persevere and pray without Amen. ceasing. Amen. In everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How about you guys? What what kind of stuck out to you in in this story? It's so hard to like pick just one thing because there's just so much in such a short chapter, right? In such a short part of the word of God. And I'm going to read 1 Samuel starting on verse 4. 
Um, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to, uh, oh, I have such a hard time saying, Penia, Pen, uh, his wife, and to all the sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her room. What stuck out to me here is, is that though she didn't have what she wanted, the Lord mm -hmm. had closed her womb. She had a husband who gave her a double portion because he loved her, but also because the Lord closed her womb. And so I want to say that there are some of you who don't have what you want and what you've been praying for, but you are not recognizing that there are blessings that are pouring onto mm -hmm. your lap because you're so focused on what you're not getting. So it, I want to encourage you, um, notice the blessings that you do have and be mm -hmm. thankful. Um, because even though Hannah didn't have the son, she had somebody in her life who was pouring double mm -hmm. blessings on her. Mm -hmm. And some of you guys got some double blessings that you're not acknowledging, not recognizing, and not yeah. being thankful for. So I want to encourage you, write those things down. Say, God, what is it that, I, um, that I've been given because of my lack, because mm -hmm. of an unanswered prayer? Mm -hmm. What have you given me in the waiting time, in the waiting room? And where can I be thankful where I'm ungrateful? And so I want to encourage that. The other thing um, I want to say is, it goes on, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her room. So because the Lord had closed her room, you got someone blessing her, giving her double portions, and then you got someone provoking her because so some wow. you know mm -hmm. so some of you have uh, you're praying for something you're not getting it, and you got someone on one side. Uh, 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 encouraging you and then you got someone on the other side who's provoking you and what we do with that uh, is going to determine uh, our our mindset our, our mental stability our ability to walk our day-to-day -day life without crumbling and falling sure. apart mm -hmm. um, who are we going to care more about the people that bless us or the people that provoke us and um and I do want to say um Hannah was desperate. The word of God says that she had went bitterly to the house, to the temple and wept bitterly to the point where Eli thought she was drunk. Okay. So she was so desperate for the, for the Lord, for an answer from God that somebody walked by and was like, you need to go home and sober up, man. She said, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm just so desperate for God. Right. Yes. Um, so you, you thought she was on that good stuff. She was huh? like, right, right. Um, I'm on the coffee. It's decaf. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Basically does nothing. Does nothing. <laughs> um, you know, there's two things that, that if I'm, if I'm to be honest, or don't make for a good such situation for me is if I'm desperate and provoked. Like those two things don't mix well. <laughs> to be provoked and desperate, the type of Priscilla that you're going to see is not a calm, cool, collected um, type of Priscilla that's going to come out. You know, and that's probably for the most of us. Have you ever been there so desperate mm. for something mm. so desperate and needed that someone comes and provokes you and you were like, you just stirred up the hornet's nest yeah. or the mur bear. or the murder hornet's nest. You know, Whoa. but um, Hannah provoked and desperate drove her to the temple and on her knees. She took Good. her desperation. She took her bitterness. She took her anger at the feet of her Savior and of her God. And so I want to encourage you, if that is you this morning, if you are desperate and you're provoked and you feel like, man, someone's poking you on every side, uh, you're looking over at somebody and they got something that, that you want and they have it. And you feel like they don't deserve it. I deserve it. 
Um, you take that bitterness, you take that anger, you take that unfairness, and you lay it at the feet of a God who hears you and sees you and knows you. Um, and so I want to encourage you in your desperation um, to go to Father to the Father. And I do want to point out this one thing too. Um, Hannah was so desperate that it drove her to God, but God also closed her womb. And so her desperation drove her to God, but then it also drove her to make a promise, make a vow that when, if God were to give her the thing that she was desperate for, that she would give it over to God. Right? So I want to say, maybe some of you just aren't desperate enough to give the thing that you want the most back to God. Maybe you're desperate for um, notoriety. Maybe you're desperate for a dream. Maybe you're desperate for that job. Maybe you're desperate for that family. Maybe you're desperate for that husband or that wife. Right? (laughs) But if you get it, you would not give it to God. Maybe God is putting you in a place where you are so desperate that when you do get it, you give God the glory. You give it to him and you give it over to him. And that's exactly what Hannah did. Uh, she made a vow and she kept it. So I'm gonna, I just want to encourage you, if you are desperate for something in your life to happen, um, check your heart, check your motives. And and if you were to have it now, would you give that to God? Or would you would you give the glory to yourself? Yeah, thank you so much, mm-hmm. Priscilla. That's so challenging and such good revelation um, from this story. Esmer, uh, mm-hmm. what, what stuck out to you that, in this that's story? That's good. That's really good. I think you said everything. But anyway, <laughs> um, too long. I no, told her to really share one thing. She shared like 13, no, but, yes, it, was all, but it was all good. That's really good. Um, to me, it's just, you know, with the whole story and just that chapter one right there is verse 18 is where there's hope. So um, even though her miracle hadn't happened yet, because we're still in verse 18, but God does something there. And and I'm just going to read a little bit of what, what, you know, what she said. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. So to me right there, even though her miracle hasn't happened yet, because we're not to the end of the story, but but she hadn't been eating. She's been praying right. and all these things were happening to her. And my daughter, you know, she explained the whole thing. But... God intervened there. And I think that the Lord touched her heart and gave her peace and she was able to eat and get something, you know, and, but, but then her face changed. So I'm imagining that there was peace in her face because God provided that. Um, Even though it was still a no right there, but she has faith and she believed. And so everything within her by the spirit of God gave her that peace and that strength that she needed. Faith. So that's a little bit faith, that faith changes you. Faith, faith changes encourages you. Correct. Faith can change yeah. your countenance. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, Thank so you. Good. Isn't it amazing? Scripture is so amazing that we can all read <clears throat> the same thing and pull out right, such right. different aspects of it mm-hmm. um, that people need to hear. You know, there's people watching that are at different stages in their lives right. and each mm-hmm. thing you talked about or we talked about um, kind of touches on a different right. uh, thing that people are going through. So, And, and if I that. could just share one scripture that speaks to every stage of life, speaks to every stage that we could be going through. And that is in Psalm 77 too. It says, in the day of my trouble, I desperately seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched in prayer without wearying. Mm-hmm. Um, go to God without getting tired. Um, go to God without ceasing, just like Pastor Stephen said about uh, you, we pray without ceasing. Prayer 
um, in this story was central to Hannah. It was prayer. It was getting before God and being raw and open and, and, and truthful with what you're feeling. Um, but, but I want to encourage you in that, that, um, that stretching out your hand in prayer to God is, is, um, it should be our first stop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've got another question, um, for us to answer. Uh, what's the biggest thing your mom taught you about life that you have kept with you into your adult years that's really helped you through um, some difficult times in your lives or just something when you're going through something difficult in your life, you just always remember that this is what mom yeah. um, taught me. Uh, why don't we start with you, uh, Esmer? Um, well, with me, it would be um, my mother um, always um, telling me that if anything would happen, even though I would see her pray faithfully and I would see her get up in the morning and worship, she's a she's she's still a worshiper. She's a worshiper, and um, I would see that every every morning. I would being little, I would see her pray, mm -hmm. get up, and just love on God. But one of the things that really stood and um, stuck in me was that um, she would tell me if anything, if you're ever in a situation where um, you're not able to get out or you're it's just hopeless or there's just no answer. Um, you call out on Jesus. Mm -hmm. You don't call out on me. Yeah. You don't call on your on a friend. Okay. You don't call out on anybody because we're human, you know. But you call out on Jesus because He's the one that's going to be able to help yeah. you. He's the one that's going to be able to bring peace to you, and you know, be in that moment that you're in. Yeah. So, through my life and through some times that I've gone through, um, I love my mom. And yes, yeah, sometimes I you know wish that she was here. I could hug on her, but she's right. Yeah. Because our Father in Heaven is everything to us. I mean, yeah. everything. And He brings that peace, just like He brought the peace again on Hannah. He brings that peace to us. Amen. So yeah. it's calling out on Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things that has yeah. really... You, you know, that mind. that is such a, a simple thing, but so profound. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know for me, when I'm going through something, it's very easy for me to run to somebody else right. yes. before God. Yes. or talk bad about somebody before I even pray about it and go to God or or I start searching the internet about answers to things or whatever, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that is such good advice um, for everybody, no matter what we're going through. So mm -hmm. uh, Priscilla, what did you learn from your mom from that mom. you've kind of <laughs> taken into adulthood yeah. with you? Um, I would say the, um, the reality of the of being able to love Jesus and have him love you in return. Like to her, um, Jesus just isn't a religion. And I know we say that, like I have a relationship, not a religion. We hear that, but that is, that is just mm. what my mom embodies is to have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, it's, he's everything to her and every person to her, every time she's needed a personhood or like a friend or, um, any, she's always gone to Jesus and that's always been uh, represented in my life to where I've been able to see Jesus come out of theology, right? See Jesus come alive in the word of God where I'm just not reading and he's just not, um, a character, but he's an actual, yeah. uh, actual person in my life that I go to and that I run to, um, and that it's reciprocated. It's just not me praying and nothing coming back. There's just, uh, it's, it's a reciprocated love, um, and I've learned that in my life watching my mom and how she loves on Jesus. Um, Thank you. I just, <laughs> I see her like that. I see, if you if you know my mom, she will remind you of uh, Mary and Martha 
and Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that I've just always pictured my mom that way where she, where if Jesus is there, that's where my mom is. That's and good. so that's what I've learned where Jesus is. That's where I want to be. What a, what an amazing legacy mm-hmm. that that's what she, that's what she's carried mm-hmm. into her adulthood, um, that you've taught her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, uh, the, the biggest thing my mom has taught me is that if you put your mind to something and put your heart to something, uh, you can accomplish more than you think you can. You know, for those of you that know my mom, you know she is a go-getter. She is small in stature. She's like 4'11". <laughs> but man, she's a go-getter. Yes. She wants something. She is going to yeah. do everything in her power to make it happen, especially for me and my sister. If we need something, yeah. she's going to do everything within her power, and she's going to do what it takes to get it done for us. And so mm-hmm. thank you for that, Mom. You know... My mom and dad, they immigrated uh, from India to the United States uh, when my mom was 25 years old. And so that's not easy to kind of uproot from another country and go to, a, go to a different country where you don't know the cultures, the customs, you don't know anybody, yeah. and kind of try to establish a, a life of your own. You know, my mom's first job was a cashier at, at McDonald's, mm-hmm. and uh, she worked her way uh, uh, and got a job at the local university, became an accountant there, and that's and she still is an accountant there at the university. And so uh, she put her mind to, to make a life for, for our family, and she went out and worked hard for it, trusted God for it, and she did it. You know, I, I've, I, this is a, a memory I have of growing up. You know, and, um, when we were, my sister and I were growing up, uh, almost every morning my mom and dad would get up early and they would start cooking Indian food there mm-hmm. at the house. And uh, yeah. that's Indian food smell, man, that never leaves your clothes. So I'd go to school smelling like an Indian restaurant, but uh, that, that's Still another food. subject. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, my parents are amazing cooks, but Such they would they they, we'd be getting ready for school and, and we would be smelling the, the smells of Indian food. And then they would uh, uh, pack lunches in a bunch of Tupperware boxes. And uh, my mom would take all of these Tupperware boxes to her job and she would sell lunches to make extra money for our family because we didn't make a lot of money. And she made a lot of money selling lunches. When she put her mind to do something, she did it. And so I think for me in my life as I've become a church planter and uh, planting a church has been the most difficult thing I've ever done. I think uh, just those stories of my mom uh, kind of encourage me mm-hmm. along the path when I want to give up or when I feel yeah. like I, I can't do this. I, I think I'm reminded of, of, you know, those lessons that my mom uh, taught me that if you put your mind and your heart and your hands to do something, you can do more than you think you can do. And be so. aware of your resources, you know, like just what do I have around me and what can I do with that? I think that's such an incredible lesson. And I will say about your parents, you know, people say like, I don't want to live this life and not have gone to like this country or that country. Um, that's how I feel about your parents' food. Like you have not lived a life until you've eaten their <laughs> that food. Is like true. it is I so it. good. Like it's yeah, so it's sad tough. to have gone your whole life and not tasted the paramolas. It's good. Um, yes. food. You've missed so, out. You've yeah. missed out on yeah. life. Like, yeah. it's and those of you that are watching that have had it before, you know exactly you know. what we're talking <laughs> you know. about. In fact, uh, I'm getting hungry right now. My stomach's <laughs> growling just talking about my parents' Indian food, but, uh, but yeah, so, well, let's move on to the next question. I, I want, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, what's been your favorite thing about motherhood and what's been your most challenging thing when it comes to motherhood? And while you guys are thinking about that, 
those of you that are watching mothers, I'd love for you to share in the comments yeah. uh, the answer to that question. What's been your most favorite yeah. thing about motherhood and what's been the most challenging? We would love to, to, to hear from you out there. So um, go ahead, take it away. So I mine is kind of one in the same. My favorite thing about motherhood is watching these little characters form, like watching the development of who God's created them to be and just kind of being a witness to that, to their little, to the, the things that they laugh at, what they find yeah. funny. There's nothing cuter than watching Boston oh or Avia just crack up at a TV show or something. It's just so cute. It's super, super cute. And I will tell you, we also find it really cute that they smack when they eat. And you know, that's such, <laughs> like, it's nails on a chalkboard for people. But that is the cutest sound to me. I've never <laughs> eaten. I don't know why. I love it, okay? So if you hear my kids smacking, it's because we've never told them not to. And we're okay with it. So no need to correct. <laughs> Crazy girl. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, yeah, so shaping their character and being a part of, of seeing that come to, come to light, kind of bud and grow. And it's exciting because we get to see who they're going to get to be. So I just love being a upfront witness to that. And the hardest part I think about motherhood is shaping character. Like is, is again, being a witness to the character and having to shape it and mold it and twist it and turn it, um, without breaking them. You know, I've got a daughter who is. Um, strong will does all get out. Like she knows what she wants and want and knows exactly how she wants to get it. Um, and sometimes it's not always the right way or a safe way or a fast way or, um, In fact, I think I just heard uh, her yelling at I don't know if it got caught on the recording, but, um, you know, but having to be a part of shaping that, um, character without breaking them to say, you know what, God, this strong will is going to be used for a purpose. How do I help fashion it for you? without breaking it because I get prideful, you know, or because... Or, or we were talking yeah. about this week how, um, you know, it's challenging because uh, when we are shaping and molding and forming our kids, a lot of times we see ourselves yes. and we're trying to correct something that we know they got from us, you know, yeah, modeled to them from us. Absolutely. You're like, well, that's kind of my fault, but... Um, we got to we gotta tweak that a little <laughs> bit. You know, it's just, it's hard. It's hard, I think... Um, being a part of that process of, of just not making sure a child's like safe and alive, um, but making sure that, um, you know, that they are, um, spiritually alive, mm -hmm. that they are spiritually, um, aware and that they're emotionally healthy as well. And we're all going to mess up. I mean, it's all, it all, um, we're not perfect. Right. And so it just, um, you know, it's, it's a trial and error and also just a submission to Jesus. Like, Jesus, yeah. you tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, a lot of the times. Yeah. And Esmer, you are um, a bit further along than Priscilla mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to motherhood. So what, what's been your favorite part and most challenging part? Well, my favorite part is seeing my children grow, like Priscilla here. Um, seeing her grow, being a great mother, um, loving Jesus with all her heart. I have four children, two boys and two girls, and they all have different characters, and each one of them are doing amazingly good. And um, seeing my other daughter being such an amazing mother to her daughter and my two boys, you know, it's just seeing them in life yeah. and, um, and seeing them grow and uh, being able to succeed in things and sometimes not succeed, but that's okay because that teaches them um, to go further and to try harder. But yeah. Um, the, the most challenging to me, and this is kind of funny, but is seeing my, my grandbabies, um, 
when you guys get up to them. <laughs> okay. That's very challenging. Okay. And I know that a lot of grandmothers... You, you changed that around. I you did had something different. Like, okay. You've seen us I, getting after them. So. I, I did change it a little bit. <laughs> now that, you know, but, you know, I understand and, you know... <laughs> I get it, but it still hurts. But anyway. Well, we um, also have to remind our kids that they've got very different grandparents than I had parents. Like, you know, Avia was said this morning, I'm so, grandma likes to make sure my hair's combed. Grandpa likes to make sure I have sugar. Yeah. That's what that's she said this good. morning. Yeah. had donuts last night. But, um, but no, um, that, I just had to, I just have to put that in. Yeah, but yeah. what it is, um, another most challenging <laughs> thing for me is just seeing my, my grown kids Sometimes when they struggle and mm -hmm. it's kind of hard yeah. when, um, when you see them in pain, um, and there's not much you can do, right. you know what I mean? It's, you know, they they have to learn on their own and sometimes there's not much you can do. Um, but it goes back to trusting God and giving it to God. Right. And so still as a parent, I mean, as a mother and a grandmother, I just give it to Jesus because he's, he's the answer. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amazing. That that's uh, that's really really good and and helpful. And uh, one final question: We uh, I'm sure we have mothers on all you know on the whole spectrum of motherhood. Some that are just starting out, others in the middle, and then some mothers that are uh, empty nesters. And so, um, love to hear any final thoughts, encouragements uh, that you would have. Uh, for the mothers that are that are watching, um, Esmer, why don't you start? I yeah. I can say for the empty nester because I'm actually considered. You know, they're all grown. They're Even though we're gone. quarantining, we're still so, yes, <laughs> so That's a big blessing, <laughs> a wonderful blessing. Um, but um, not for not forever, just temporary. <laughs> but it's uh, to as a mother, still continue to pray. Um, Pray for your children, for your grandchildren. But if anybody knows me, this is very, very important to me. Pray for your generation. Mm -hmm. Pray for your generation. Love on your generation. And somehow or another, every time I pray, I have this love for my generation, even though it's not here, but it's part of me. Mm -hmm. And it's praying that God's word keeps going. Yeah. Prayers make a difference in the lives of those that come after us. It's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you, love? What, what advice do you have? Um, I think, um, one thing that's always stuck with me that another parent that has actually given me when my son, um, he wasn't born yet, but we had just done his nursery and, um, we had a friend, Anna Milstead and her Shout family. out to Anna. Hey there. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Um, she came and her family came and prayed over our nursery and prayed over our house. And before she left, she looked at me and she said, um, if you don't know something about your child, if you if you don't know something about Boston, if there's something that you're questioning, whether that's as a little kid uh, or into, the, into his teenage years, go to Jesus. Like, yeah. ask God. Ask the one who created him. Yes. And uh, that's always, always stuck with me. Um, you know, and so I want to encourage you to use, as people of God, what we have um, at our disposal, and that's access to the Father. Yeah, that's, you know, because yeah. sometimes as parents, I know I do this, we do this, we feel like we know our children better than yeah. anyone else, right. and when we have that perspective, we miss out on the fact that God knew our children before they were even in yeah. the mother's womb. So God yes. knows our children infinitely more than we could ever, and yeah. sometimes we neglect to tap into that. Right. And he loves them more than yeah, we could ever love them. Yeah, so absolutely. he has their best interest. Um, and so 
when we feel stumped, whether that's in their education, whether that's how mm-hmm. they learn or whether that's how they function or um, how to handle a very spirited child, which the Lord knows, I know. Um, <laughs> and um, so you can have access. We do. We have access to Jesus uh, to be able to um, give, give us the answers or to give us peace of the answers that we don't have. And I do have... Um, one more advice, and that is to apologize. Um, I would, I apologize more than what I would like to in the sense of I'm imperfect and I lose my temper. And with my kids, it's, um, having, having to backtrack and help them understand, um, that there are things that I do that's wrong. There are ways that I react to them, um, in the things that they do wrong, um, that I shouldn't have reacted. You know, for instance, if they, they do something that needs a consequence, but my reaction to them is an anger and yelling and frustration, um, I, that's, that has to do with my heart. There's mm-hmm. something here with me. Like the, the intense anger that I feel has nothing to do with the wrong that they've done. My reaction um, need, is this something that needs to be submitted. Yeah, and I will say God. this piece of advice, you do practice uh, okay. what you're preaching because I have seen you on numerous occasions maybe overreact to something that one of the kids did, and yeah. you'll go back to them and you'll apologize yeah. to them. And there's some times where it's more intense than others. You have tears in your eyes as yeah. you're apologizing. And so uh, sometimes it's it, it's not easy to apologize to your children because right. you feel like we're the authority figures, we're the parents. But, uh, but yeah, this is a powerful piece of advice. Yeah. I mean, and it's real talk. You guys, I lose it's my good. cool. We all do. We all lose our cool, and we all take things further than what we intended to go. And it's important that our kids see us in submission mm-hmm. to God. And there are times when I've told them, um, the Holy Spirit convicted me. Jesus convicted me. And so Jesus is also looking out for you and speaking to me and having yeah. me go apologize to you. I'm submitted to the Father. Um, and so they see that chain of command in, in our lives. Um, and then they also see the wonderful workings of forgiveness. And they see the wonderful workings of what Jesus can do when we are broken and we uh, do wrong things so that our kids know that we're not beyond messing up so that when they get older or even they know now that they know they're not beyond messing up and they're not beyond redemption and forgiveness. And so that's something that I find is so important in my life is to, when I need to apologize to my kids, they do it because there's just um, humility in it for me. It's humbling for me. Um, But it also shows um, how Jesus works and how he loves and how he forgives. And so, and I will say too, um, so if you're a parent of a teenager, use that little piece of advice by asking the Holy Spirit where they're at, because I'm going to be using it. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully I won't ever use it. Hopefully, hopefully my kids will never seek yeah. out, or I never have to figure out where they're at. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm going to go to Jesus, be like, That's where is right. my kid? You can you can give me peace in my heart, but I need the coordinates. Yeah. Austin, <laughs> well, you better not ever seek out like your daddy. Yeah, like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. This whole discussion was so... Uh, amazing, and I'm glad we had the opportunity to to yeah. have the discussion. And I hope that it ministered to you yeah. out there. Um, we we talked about so many different things, and so hopefully something we said today blessed you mm-hmm. and ministered to you and encouraged you and challenged you today. 
And feel free to, in the comments, put some good piece of motherly advice for those mothers out there that are listening. Um, you know, just type those into the comments. We want to learn. We want to grow as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so we all have different experiences that offer different types of advice mm -hmm. in our lives that we can all learn and glean from. And so put your advice in the comments. We want to hear from you. Um, yeah. Well, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today and have a great rest of your Glad Mother's Day. Glad my mama got to be with me. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Happy Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Love, Love, you. Love you, Mom. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about the Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.